Hi, I'm Michelle O'Neill with O'Neill Wasaki, and we are going to present to you the next part of the Tales from the Crypto, uh, dealing with cryptocurrency and the divorce in Texas. Uh, so this is a webinar approved for 2.0 hours of credit. This is section number two, and I am still joined by Andrew Spear, who is known at our office as the smart lawyer. Um, because he knows all about these little technology issues that I really don't even understand. This, uh, this portion of the webinar, we're going to talk about how cryptocurrency produces income, mm -hmm. which obviously can be important if you're in the middle of a divorce litigation. Sure. So, Andrew, <laughs> how does cryptocurrency produce income? <laughs> uh, there's basically two or three main ways, right? You can do basic trading get your capital gains right okay. buy, buy low Buying sell and high yeah all right that's the easy one everyone can get that uh, the second most common is probably by mining cryptocurrency like good old gold silver miners remember that like um, with my pickaxe in the in the cave you're using a computer uh, you're using a graphics card for the most part there's a new uh, algorithm actually coming out that goes back to your CPU doing it but regardless of what it is, you buy a computer part and you, you, you jam as many of them in there as you can. You install a program and it will actually validate the uh, transactions. And so you get paid. Every validation creates a payment. It's called a block reward uh, from mining. And so I have all my computers pointed at this one coin doing all this work. And over time, almost steadily, they will pay me out a certain amount in that coin okay so i am lost computers just sitting there making calculations how are you earning money though what is it doing to spin off income okay so each transaction someone else makes has to be validated okay right and it has to show that two people didn't try to sell the same thing right i have something called my my private address right or my private key which is the store of value the problem is is you can just copy and paste that Right? And so what if I try to sell it here and try to sell it there? To stop that, you have to validate the transaction. And so you, you do that. Every transaction is bundled in, into a, a block. And the, these bundles, uh, all the computers confirm that that is what occurred, right? Okay. So are you acting as the escrow agent for other people's? No. No. <laughs> no, you're not. That goes no. through, right? Yeah, no. It just, you confirm. So, for instance, on an exchange, they won't... Um, allow you to move those coins until 30 confirmations or something, right? Okay. Um, and so it'll be confirmed in different blocks. And every single transaction in cryptocurrency ties to the previous one. And they're all one way. So you can almost, almost go back to what's called the Genesis block. The first one that split into two, and then those split into two, and so on and so on. Um, and what you're doing with the mining is it's decentralized. It's a whole bunch of strangers all pointing their computers at the same program uh, for a coin. And that's called the network, right? And you have a network hash rate. And you, you are just confirming, uh, solving puzzles, which confirms that transaction is what occurred. And there's a payment for doing so. Okay. And that payment is how you make money. All but right. They pay I think you I understand coin. that. Yeah, yeah. They pay you in, in Bitcoin. the coin. Yes. Yeah. And so and then you have to cash out somehow. That's one way. That's called mining. That's a pro proof of work algorithm a very simple view of it if anyone out there is a big expert that is the easy way to, of, of breaking that down by the way okay um and then there's another 
algorithm that is more common now called proof of stake. Okay. Um, so what is a proof of stake? That is it's not like steak no, that my husband cooks at home. No, it's like you're you're nailing it into the <laughs> ground. Um, same idea. You got to validate the transaction, uh, but this one, um, you have to hold on to the coin. Okay. With a mining program, I don't have to own it. I can get rid of it right away. I have no vested interest in it besides selling it. With proof of stake, I have to own. It depends on the coin. Uh, sometimes I need to own one or two, or I can own. A very small amount. One currency is called Tron. And so I stake them, which is essentially I freeze them. Okay, I can't move them anywhere or, uh, or do anything with them. And by me having that many units, uh, those units work together to essentially validate the transactions. They all agree this went through it. Um, a good question you might want to ask, speaking of Tron. So with Tron, I cast my vote, proof of stake. I have 10,000 of these things, and I vote for, you know, Team UK or something. Team UK gets however many votes, millions of them, right? And then they pay everyone who voted for them in either Tron, that same coin, or sometimes they use a different coin called a token. And that is a whole nother issue in itself. Um, but so you get paid for validating transactions, but you have to hold on to them. Right, and it they pay you essentially an interest rate. Sometimes it's five percent, sometimes it's two percent. It's it's rather low. There's no really high yielding ones. Mm -hmm. But the trick is that doesn't show up anywhere for the most part in certain situations. Uh, there's something called a node pool. Uh, with I know this works with Dash. So if I don't have the required ten thousand units, right, to do my own stake, right, or have my own node. A whole group of people who don't have enough can put all the resources together, and then then they can validate it, and they all share in that that interest rate essentially. Um, but to do that, I have to give them my coins, right? And I have the option of when I when I give them the, my coins, when I take it back, I don't I can leave the interest in there, right? I can take that same amount I put in, and leave that interest in there and be like, here you go, you can have. Uh, that's all I've got, right? And it's going to be very difficult to prove unless you have access to that uh, node pool account. And so in a divorce case, let's say you've always had 100 dash, right? And you, you put it, you moved it to one account, and then it came back. Um, your, your public key, for the most part, would still show you can move it into that same old one. I've still got 100 dash, everyone, right? But what really happened, you follow the chain around, and you look at the preceding public key it was in, and you see what does that public key do? If that public key has 40,000 transactions going in and 39,000 transactions going out, it's probably going to be a node pool or, or it's going to be an exchange. It's a red flag, okay? If you go up the chain, you might be able to actually figure out that was in a node pool, and you know what? They never pulled out their interest, so there can be hidden money just sitting there, and they just wait and wait and wait for the divorce to be done. Pull it out. They've made their profit there. Maybe they lose a little money in the process uh, by dividing it, but they've never lost that interest, right? If I pull my 100 out and I have to give you 50, I'm still keeping 100% of that interest. You don't even have a clue to exist. Um, and so that's how it works. They normally pay out in specified periods of time. Uh, and uh, you can reinvest it too. You can compound it, which creates real big headaches for tracing. Goodness. Yeah. 
I think my mind just blew up. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the staking is, is a new new way of doing this that a lot of currencies are switching to. Yeah. Um, because it gets rid of the whole, I just want to sell it for cash issue. And um, people like receiving interest. And I don't have to have all of these computers worrying around, you know, wherever I'm at to make me money. Instead, I can just freeze that, ma- that uh, amount of tokens. And it's quiet and it's cool. And uh, no problem. But in both situations, you will make a predetermined amount almost. It's going to be very close. It will change. Um, the more people mining, the less each miner gets to an extent. Um, but uh, So is this, mm-hmm. is this spinning off a lot of income or just a little bit? Depends. Okay. What so does it depend on? Back, back in 2014, I think. You could have had a six graphics card rig, and you'd be making a whole. You'd be making, I don't know, with just six of them, maybe. I'm gonna ballpark here: twenty dollars a day, thirty dollars a day, um, which is a really high return. You used to be able to pay off the graphics card in three months, okay, and then everything after that, and they were three hundred dollars or something, um, would be just pure profit after electricity costs. Um, I would say. With the mining, you might be able to make a few hundred bucks. If you have a giant location, people make thousands. Um, there's these things called mining farms. Uh, typically not in someone's house, though. Uh, but you can even Because you have co-locate. to have a computer that's doing mm-hmm. all this generating. And you just you need, sometimes they do it off-site. And if you didn't know about it, I can have my farm over there just churning away. And I could pay the guy who's hosting the place in that coin. And you might not ever know if it's too late if I've had it there for four years and you didn't have an inkling at the very beginning. Um, I could just, it, I can have it off site and you wouldn't know. Uh, you can remotely manage most of them now. Um, but that's just for mining. With this proof of stake, um, that, I mean, the income on there, it's just, it'll, uh, 5% is a good rule of thumb. Um, but then again, it depends on how much money you put in there. Right. It's like well, obviously, yeah. I mean, 5%, mm-hmm. if you're getting 5% of $100, yeah. that's a certain amount, or 5% of yeah. $1,000 is a different mm-hmm. amount. So, yeah, proof of stake is going to be percentage. Mining, though, uh, mining, sometimes things fluctuate. Um, so every now and then they cut down the mining reward, right, your, your payment for doing the mining. Um, those get halved and reduced. So early on when mining Ethereum was big, people were making – they would – I wish I would have found this earlier, Michelle. I wish I would have talked to you. You could have told me to do this back back when I was in law school. Or <laughs> um, and maybe All I would have I never do graduated. All I the idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have just been sitting there in my garage with a bunch of graphics cards and probably making like $100 a day just doing nothing um, or just maintaining it, right? I'm not doing anything. Uh, now you, you'll make uh, a little less. But here's the thing. What a lot of miners did was they kept the coin, right? And if it's increased in price since then, you can't trace mining, okay? It generates out of nowhere. It goes to a public address, but you can't link that to a bank account yet. It creates money from nothing. The only way to find it is by an electricity bill. Um, Oh, okay. mm -hmm. Because you have the computer sitting there genning all the time. Yeah. And that will be very high. It'll so could you, I mean, could a, a internet company, like, know that you're dinging the internet a lot? No. Uh, data is very low. 
Okay. Uh, data, it, it's your smartphone's going to use a lot more than this because uh, you're just doing small little blocks. There's the blockchain is what they're all on. The entire blockchain for any given coin is going to be gigabytes. It's going to be gigantic. Problem is you don't have to download the whole blockchain. Gotcha. You're just doing a little part, and uh, it barely uses any data. You can you can track it. it it'll it'll be less. It'll probably use less than everything else in your house. Um, I've, but it uses electricity. Electricity is going to be your red flag. Yeah. Always pull the power bill. Request power bills in uh, your request for production. Uh, I've started doing that more. Uh, because if it is sky high, and don't look at the dollar amount always, look at the kilowatt hours uh, and look at it. You can track them over time because uh, sometimes they might have a flat rate um, mm-hmm. power bill, and it'll spike. It'll it'll be obvious. Um, that's how you check that. Obvious out. to you. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not obvious. I would, to I would be like, oh no, that's not right. Because yeah. I know, yeah, the kilowatt hour usage now, I know way too much about. I wish I never knew. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever pay attention to that. I just paid attention to dollar amount before. Now I'm actually watching kilowatts and monitoring them. Uh, but yeah, that's something everyone needs to look for. Yeah. And so you have these computers at your house mm-hmm. that are doing this mining. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody looked at your electric bill, oh. then they would say, oh, he's mining. Or I'm running the AC at, you know, 50 degrees and have 10 jacuzzis going or something. Yeah. Well, right now, that'd be a good thing to be doing because it's awfully hot outside. Yeah. All right. So um, if if they're paying for this work or or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, if they're paying you in more cryptocurrency, then isn't that creating a problem with the uh, pricing of cryptocurrency yeah the inflation rate okay yeah so talk about that how does that how does that create the the inflation and what do you do about it so it's a double-edged sword right all of the miners um, just want to keep mining and making money off of it and all of the people who actually are, are holding the investors right they don't like that new units of cryptocurrency are being introduced all the time so certain algorithms for the most part, they, they go back to the halving, right? Your reward for mining is reduced over time. Um, and by doing that, you slow down the inflation rate. I think right now they're aiming at a 2% inflation rate is their goal with Ethereum. And Ethereum is even taking the, the big leap. What they're trying to do or have been trying to do for years is move to a proof of stake, switch um, algorithms from proof of work to proof of stake. Yes. Okay. Uh, that's not been very successful. I said that like I knew what you I was did. talking about. You did. Yeah, you about. did. You nailed it. Um, everyone is very doubtful of this, but supposedly it's going to start in January of 2020. Who knows? Um, they've been trying for a long time. It hasn't. It hasn't happened. Uh, but that's how you stop the inflation: is you reduce the reward. Um, but then again, you're in a situation where you actually need people confirming your transactions. Um, or else it'll take two years to send someone anything. Um, so is this income earned from mm-hmm. mining or yep. proof of stake or proof of work or whatever, mm-hmm. is the income earned from that, is that something that you should mm-hmm. report on your taxes as yes. income? Um, so or does it go into the capital gains as a growth? Um, I reported, I believe, as income. I don't, okay. I don't remember whatever my CPA said to do. Okay. Um, I know that... So when I sold it, uh, that's just pure profit to me, um, or is it, it was just income. It's part of my income. 
Um, I wouldn't count that as a capital gains unless... Well, the capital gain is the growth of one of the Bitcoin Mm -hmm. over time. Yes. I'd have to hold it for a very long time. Right. But then the payments for doing the mining... That would just be be income. income. Yeah. Um, That's just income. I guess if I held it for a long time... Yeah, it might, you it might, might have be, some capital gains little, little on bit, it. But. Yeah. Uh, mostly income for mining. Most okay. people are mining to sell it because you normally want to pay your power bill Yeah. Um, with that. Right. And so that's the big balance. So do you really make a profit mm-hmm. like because of the power bill? Yeah. Like if you pay your power bill and include that as a... You, you make a profit and in the winter you actually save money because you don't need to use a heater. Oh, because you're... Yeah. you're okay. They're turning because out a lot of heat. Your computer generates heat. Mm-hmm. And so... In the winter, it's actually kind <laughs> of great for me. That's a lot of heat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, dog loves them. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, in most cases, you, you'd never mine if you weren't if it wasn't profitable, and you can track the wattage and things like that. So this seems a little bit different from how a traditional stock works. Oh, I mean, a traditional stock mm-hmm. grows in value and it may spin off dividends, but this mm-hmm. seems to be a whole different category of income that you don't have with stock. Like, yes. you don't get to sit there with your stock and have it work and uh, make money. I guess just the dividend, right? Yeah. That would be it. And that would be like the proof of stake almost. Okay. Um, that would so, be the closest uh, equivalent. But the mining is definitely a completely different beast. Um, so the mining is like having your little stock mm-hmm. certificates out there doing a job. Yeah, and and yes, <laughs> it'd be like the employees. It would be like you have uh, to you have to yeah. like boil it down to simple terms. It would for be me. <laughs> um, if that little the certificate was giving me money um, uh, on its own. I think uh, mining you you can fit a lot of them in a in a small area. Um, and it would be very hard for someone who doesn't know anything about this to tell you approximately how much money that machine should make. Um, so that's something people should keep in mind. And also, there's a resale value for every single one of the graphics processor gra- GPUs in a mining rig. So in a divorce... So in your computer. Yes. What, okay. And when you say mining rig, you're sorry, not talking yes. about like your little pickaxe, the right? The computer. No, no. It's, okay. it's, it's We're talking about the computer now. All of these essentially cards lined up and each of those probably is going to be able to sell for at least half of what you purchased it for okay and so you're going to make the money that you made mining you can sell it off make money there right because you'll sell it your hardware yeah interesting Um, and so that's something people need to keep in mind in, in their inventories and appraisements there's an actual very easy number that you can value a used mining computer at and i mean on eBay, you, you'll be able to see what the price is uh, for this type of card. Um, or there's other websites, too. And you can see what each type of card should generate, right? How much revenue it should make and how much power it should use. Um, I think it's called whattomine.com. You can click it and enter it. And so you can actually value, you can figure out how much they should be making off that computer. And if they try to give you some wild guess, um, yeah. So does does a mining computer look like just any other computer? Or um, is there a way to tell that you have a mining computer? Yes. Okay. So there's new cards out. You could have a computer just with one in there, and you wouldn't really be able to tell, but it won't make you much money. It'll make you two bucks a day or something. Uh, the way to make it profitable is you have six to eight cards 
Um, you can go up to 13 normally. Um, it almost looks like a cage. It's like a metal uh, box with just like tubes, like PVC pipe almost, right? Okay. And it will just literally be a whole bunch of these cards. It'll it'll be loud. You'll hear maybe it. Maybe whenever, uh, maybe we can put a picture of that in the comments. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. Um, so we'll mm -hmm. know what one looks like. Yeah, they're pretty obvious. They have closed off ones. That'll be harder to tell what it looks like. And they, you can if use it's it. closed off, does it look like a like a tower computer yeah. or a mm -hmm. server? It'll look like a server. Okay. Um, it'll just be a black box. Um, and those will be harder to distinguish. But if you if you see something like that, uh, you want to look into it. Yeah. Um, and they'll just be sitting there doing nothing. You normally don't have the monitor attached to it mm -hmm. or a keyboard. It'll just be a computer sitting there, for some reason, just whirring away. And uh, that's what you got to look out for because, one, it's producing money, and, two, it's worth a lot of money. Um, the newer cards you buy, uh, the resale is even higher than 50%. And that's better than most assets in a house, right? When you try to do an estate sale on furniture and things like that, 50% if you're lucky, I think. Um, and so people need to keep that in mind when valuing estates. So that's going to be an asset to list in the inventory. Big time. And, and and so is there a way to, um, or maybe you already answered this, but is there a way to predict how much is earning from all of this process? So if I can, if I can log into it, I can tell. Um, okay. If I have the public address it delivers money to, I can tell. If I don't, I can look at each card, right? Uh, and then, you know, write down the make model. It's like a car, almost. Make model and uh, just stick with that. And then I can plug them in and try to figure out what their hash rate should be. It's, the hash rate is its speed, right? Like how many calculations it does. Um, they measure them in per seconds, right? And then for each card in that computer, I should be able to say it can do 200 mega hashes a second or something like that. And then I'll know approximately what the power draw should be on each card. Uh, some people tweak them. That's a whole other story. But I should be able to estimate it. Uh, I need to know the specifics about it but I should be able to. Um, if I can log into whatever program they're using, that's even easier. Um, and then I can take um, their hash rate and use it by the um, the block reward, you know, how much you get per day, uh, per hash. And then you can actually go per year, per day, per month, whatever you want. Um, but it will be almost constant. There's some deviations uh, paying you in that coin. And it should be predictable and work almost like a like clockwork. You receive 0 .05 every three days. Okay. Know? And so then if this is producing income, that's mm -hmm. something that ought to be reported on some tax returns somewhere. Yes. So if we're honest with the IRS, well, then... Well, you have to be. Well, then, if you're not, they're going to get you. I That's my perspective well, on that. Well, of course. I mean, <laughs> the universe has a way of working itself yes. out. But... It sounds to me like the IRS has probably got some problems even learning that this income is out there because it's not like they're filing a 1099 on it. I don't remember which part you filed, but yes, they're not. Right. Uh, a lot of people I mean, they're aren't. not filing a form of mm -hmm. any kind, right? No, they're not. <laughs> and um, some people will run their mining rig through a VPN, a virtual private network. And I can make that VPN say that I am in Sweden, Right. And so that and they all they see is a tunnel of data leaving. They have no clue what's on it, um, and so it'll be even harder to trace in that aspect. Um, I can receive it anywhere in the world that way, uh, even though I'm just sitting here in Dallas. Um, that's a bigger problem too.
But the IRS would have no idea uh, mm -hmm. until I cash out, and then they're going to have to link back and back and back. And if you do it far enough, uh, you, you might be able to find out that it came from a mining pool. Uh, there's also something called solo mining, uh, where I basically plug straight into the network and it's just me alone going at it. And that's going to be really hard to trace. Um, that's even more difficult. Um, and in most cases when people are mining, they have enough um, miners uh, or enough mining equipment to make it worthwhile and something significant. If it's not generating you know, a thousand bucks a month or something. If you sell it, it's going to be worth a few thousand. It should be. And that's kind of the, the takeaway with mining. Okay. There's a secret asset there that people like to forget. They just think sure. it's a computer. No. Right. Mm -mm. Right. It's got the multiple parts, the most expensive part of a computer in it. How, how much are we talking about? What does a mining cart cost? Uh, a good one. There's one, the most efficient one right now costs $670. Okay. Um, then there's other ones... Typically, two hundred and fifty to three hundred and fifty dollars. Um, if you go buy used ones, a hundred something. Um, Do you buy them at Micro Center or where? You can. Yeah. Um, okay. But you probably yeah, uh, Micro Center, uh, eBay is a great place. I would always, if you think they're mining, go check, ask them for their eBay transaction history, uh, because buying a used card is not bad when it comes to mining. And so, if you see they're buying a whole bunch of used XYZ cards. They're probably mining cryptocurrency because there's certain cards that are very good at it. Okay. And certain cards that are very bad at it. And so if they keep on buying these certain ones that are very good, there's no other reason to have 20 Radeon RX 470s. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't. It makes no sense. They're mining. And their power usage is really low on those, and their yield is really high. So. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you talked about a little about tracing. So in the oh. next segment, we're <laughs> going to move to tracing. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so this uh, wraps up the uh, second segment of our, our Tales from the Crypto webinar. And uh, the next segment will be on tracing cryptocurrency. So we're going to take a real quick break, and we'll be right back. Keep in mind that this is a webinar that's aimed at attorneys. This is for continuing legal education. If you're out there watching this, this webinar and you're not an attorney, we welcome you to watch it. But remember that we are not giving you any specific legal advice. We cannot comment on any specific case or situation without knowing all the facts. So if you need legal advice, this webinar is not a substitute for legal advice. Please, please seek the advice of a lawyer as to your specific situation and get specific advice to that. Because if you rely on just what we're talking about here, we're being general, we're talking about general legal pr principles that may not actually apply to your situation. This is for continuing legal education only and we cannot create an attorney-client relationship just through the video camera, okay?